Guys, if you're anything like me, looking at maps has always been a huge part of my preparation and execution for my outdoor adventures. I have been using GoHunt digital maps on desktop and mobile for quite some time now. I have used these maps for years for my in-depth e-scouting tactics and my methods of using offline maps during the hunt. Well, now I'm happy to report GoHunt maps now covers all 50 states. There's two ways to get the GoHunt map. You can sign up for a GoHunt Insider membership and get the benefits of all the draw odds, harvest statistics, unit breakdowns, strategy articles, as well as access to the 50 state maps, plus savings on gear for being an Insider member. Like right now, they're doing double points. For an Insider membership, sign up now at GoHunt.com, use the JScott promo code, and get a $50 GoHunt Gear Shop gift card just for signing up. You can also just sign up for a GoHunt Explorer membership, and that gives you access to 50 states for 50 bucks. Use the JScott promo code. Guys, also, don't forget to get a 10% discount on gear at the Go Hunt Gear Shop by using the J. Scott promo code. You can also reach out to my friend Cody Nelson of 20 plus years, either by phone or by text, 602-399-3699. Make sure you tell him I sent you. I want to thank GoHunt.com for their loyal sponsorship of my podcast. We're over 815 episodes in, and they've been with me for, since the beginning. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting for their sponsorship of this podcast. They provide the gear that I use on all of my hunting adventures. You can go to the Kuyu website directly, kuiu.com, order directly. They're a direct-to-consumer company. Uh, they make the best gear in the in the hunting industry, and I've been a loyal supporter of theirs for years. Also, phonescope.com. Go to phonescope.com. Use the J. Scott or jscott22 promo code and you're going to get a 10% discount at Phonescope. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for, for supporting me. If you have any questions or you'd like to send me a comment, the best way to do that is on my Instagram account, at jscottoutdoors. Again, let's get right to this episode and thanks for your support. Welcome back to the Backcountry Rookies Podcast. Today, this is something I think a lot of people have been waiting for. We're coming up on deer season, mule deer season, coos deer's right around the corner. And I have an, a, a mapping guru, at least I think he's a mapping guru, on the show. And we're going to talk about uh, e-scouting and using mapping software, primarily Go Hunt Maps, because that's what I use. That's what Jay uses. And um, I think a lot of people are switching to that direction. So we're going to talk about using Go Hunt Maps for e-scouting purposes and then how those tools can make it easier for a person when they're out in the field or when they're e-scouting and prepping to use the tools to their advantage. Um, my guest today is Jay Scott from Jay Scott Outdoors. And I'm really, really excited to get him on here because he is an absolute wealth of knowledge. In, in a lot of stuff. So we may find some rabbit holes to go down today too. But um, Jay, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you on here again. Um, I had Jay on a few years ago, but I think maps and mapping softwares have changed so much over the last three to four years that it's it was important to me to get him back on here and to go over this info again. So Jay, welcome to the show. If you want to intro yourself real quick, it'd be, that'd be cool. Thanks, Chad. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's been a couple years and it's good to see your face again and hear your voice and um, pumped about all the success that you've had with uh, your show and your Instagram and uh, kudos to you for staying at it and producing some great content. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm Jay Scott Outdoors. Um, 
Jay Scott of Jay Scott Outdoors, I guess just, I should say. A lot of <laughs> yeah. my friends call me Jay Scott Indoors. Um, but uh, yeah, I started a podcast uh, 2015. I've got over 800 and I don't know, 25 episodes now. And um, I'm an outfitter. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a hunter. I'm a fisherman. I'm a professional guide. And uh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a map geek. Um, you know, it, back in the day, it was, you know, Google Earth and um, really breaking down all of the units that, that I hunt and the areas that I hunt in states and having, you know, real extensive Google Earth maps. And, um, you know, I love uh, trying to help people understand uh, um, things that I've learned. And uh, I love learning myself every day. So it's going to be a great episode. Look forward to uh, being on here with you. And um, yeah, I just got off. I was 30 days in, in Montana, uh, chasing elk around a little bit of a change for me. I had been uh, five years at the Ot 6 ranch in Colorado, a uh, hunt manager there, and um, just had an awesome experience with a great property there and was able to kind of watch it go from you know, needing some management to, um, you know, harvesting some really, really good bulls over the last couple of years and um, took on a new challenge this September and moved up to Montana to a, to a ranch up there and um, just had a phenomenal September, got to interact with a lot of elk. And, and um, so it was, it was great. I'm now looking forward to uh, coos deer season coming up in, in Arizona and in January uh, coos deer season in Mexico uh, both Sonora and Chihuahua, Mexico. This will be my 27th season doing hunts down there and got a bunch of guys that are fired up. The rain has been really good. The, the antler growth should be phenomenal. Uh, and, and then I've got uh, desert bighorn sheep hunter in Arizona. I, I typically do one bighorn sheep hunt every year. And if I can get it hunter, Arizona's all by draw. So if I can get a hunter in the unit that I couple units that I like, uh, I'll do a hunt. And so I was fortunate this year to get a hunter in a, my favorite unit. And, um, so looking forward to, uh, getting back to Arizona. I'm in California actually right now, my wife and I typically, it's kind of a tradition to spend October here in, uh, Southern Cal and in, in Del Mar, just North of San Diego. And I'll be back around the first of November and get scouting for the desert sheep and and um, so, yeah, it's uh, right in the middle of fall season. And I know everybody's excited there. Deer hunts are kicking off all over, sheep hunts. Uh, so um, late elk hunts and yeah, in Colorado today's, op or I believe tomorrow's opening day for mm -hmm. Colorado first rifle elk. Um, so, yeah, fun and exciting times. But um, here to answer any questions you might have, look forward to talking to you. Yes, perfect. And man, you've got a packed winter. It sounds like that's going to be awesome. Good for you. Good. For I you. try and stay busy for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you made that move up to Montana. I know you guys have been taking some monsters out there at the Ot Six. I've followed along for a few years as as I've kind of watched that happen. And amazing, very amazing. Um, so I learned about Jay years ago, I guess about four or five years ago through, I learned about his podcast and started listening to it because I, I kind of really caught that coos deer bug. And over the last three or four years, um, I've learned a lot about glassing tips and just education and stuff through his podcast and through his Instagram page. And that's what brings us here today. So recently, I think over the last couple of weeks, I could probably go, go back and look, but I, I think it's been over the last couple of weeks. 
um, Jay's been sharing some map tutorials on his Instagram page. And there's, he just does a really good job about sharing that information and talking about different features of maps. And so I wanted to get him on here so we could talk a little bit about that. So as we, as we kind of leave through elk season and we, we move, we, you know, we move into deer season, things change. And I think glass becomes a lot more important, especially down here in the Southwest area, glassing and looking at terrain and spending time out there, understanding what you're looking at, it becomes absolutely valuable. So that's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what Jay has on his Instagram page, but really I, I just want to talk about the ways that we can use the features that are on mapping software. And then if, if you guys as listeners, obviously you can't see what we're doing, but as listeners, if you want to go look at the tips and the tutorials that he has throughout his Instagram, I highly recommend it. Each year about this time, I think it is. Um, Jay starts putting out some of these tutorials and there's a lot of pictures and he does real live like he, where he's sitting in the field, not necessarily live, but he'll take a picture that he took while he was in the field and then he'll bring that back and he'll put it on Instagram and he'll write up on it like I'm facing north, looking at a south facing slope and these are the terrain features you want to look at. Okay, sorry about that, Jay. That was a very long intro, but I, I kind of wanted to talk about the importance of, of what we were talking about here. Um, you bet. As we as we dig in here, I, I think let's do, well, let's say it's, it's important. I'll use myself as an example. I drew a deer tag this year in a Colorado unit that I've never hunted in before. So when I approach my e-scouting, let's think of it from that high level, um, I guess, 20,000 foot level, right? You, you could say, and looking down at that map, where do I begin and what am I looking for, for a, a deer hunt? And I, I guess I should ask this question. Should I be more specific about the time of year that I'm looking at when I, when I say, let's start at that 20,000 view? Am I worried if it's first season, early October, or am I thinking about fourth season, late November? Well, I think initially what I do, I, I can only speak for what I do is I'll take a unit. I'll first outline all of the major roads. So I want to figure out how do I get from point A to point B? How do I get around the peripheral of the unit? How do I get through the middle of the unit? Are there roads that allow me to get from the north part of the unit to the south part of the unit, the, the, the east part to the west part? How quickly can I travel on those? So I go on my go hunt maps and I make sure all the roads are there. The roads are labeled. I start trying to measure things, trying to figure, figure out, okay, now, where is this, you know, if I'm going to have a base camp, or are you going to, you know, backpack, you're going to do, you know, one, two day trips, you're going to be gone for set, you know, seven, eight, 10 days. Uh, but when I'm looking at a new area, new unit, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate within the unit. How can I quickly get from point A to point B if I need to change spots? So that's the very first thing I do. So I go on my go hunt maps and I make sure if I need to label roads, if I need to draw roads. Um, if I need to put potential areas that look like great, you know, spot for a base camp, um, I'm looking at where is their gas, where is their, you know, fuel, where is their food, um, you know, any supplies that I may need, uh, that kind of thing. So I have, you know, whatever towns and conveniences around, I kind of label them and get a, get a ballpark. Cause I'm just trying to get a, get a sense of, you know, where am I going to be? Um, if I need something, if I need fuel, where do, which direction do I need to go? That type of thing. Then I start looking at, you know, uh, whether it's a first season hunt, second, third, fourth, you know, 
what type of season is it? Well, it's a fourth season hunt. Okay. Most fourth season hunts, a lot of those deer are going to be out of the high country. Okay. Within this unit where I'm hunting, you know, where's the sagebrush? Where's the rolling flats? Where's the timber? Where are they going to, you know, the high elevation, where are they going to come out of, you know, using that elevation feature where you're like, you know, I'm going to need everyone I talked to said the deer will be low. So then you can rule out certain areas and be like, okay, fourth season, you know, they're going to be here. You know, if your hunts, you know, second, third season, which hunt do you have, Chad? I have a fourth season hunt. Okay. Four season hunt. So yep. likely four season, those deer are going to be low. They're going to be, have already made their transition, especially in Colorado this year, as late as the season dates are more than likely those bucks are going to have already made their move. The does are already going to make their move. Then I start looking at private land. So I look at the on the uh, go hunt maps, uh, private land feature, and I'm trying to say, okay, all this low country is right here, but it's all on private. Where is their low country that's on the go hunt maps that I can find by using the land ownership, um, you know, you know, tool and find where there's either BLM state or public ground, you know, forest service, where's the public ground that I can hunt. Once I kind of see where there's public ground, then I can go, okay, I, I see how to get around. I see where the lower terrain country is. I see where the private ranches are. And then I start looking, where can I individually probably get up and glass and get up on a peak and try and use my eyes to spot as many deer as possible. The way I look at a fourth season hunt myself is it's the numbers game. You are going to be weeding through deer and through bucks. Um, I, if, if I have the tag, I want to shoot a great big buck. I want to shoot a big giant buck. So to me, it's like, where can I get up and see the most country and cover as much country with my eyeballs as I can so then I start identifying, okay, here's the public ground that I can hunt. Okay, this is state land. Okay, here's some BLM land. Um, here's some forest. This is all public. And then I start going, okay, where are the best vantage points on this public ground? Okay, here's a big ridge. Okay, then I'm on, let's say, the topo feature of Go Hunt Maps. And I click over and I see a terrain feature of a big point or a big ridge that has a contour drop off one side. So I am, I know that we've got say a rock ledge or a rock point, and then it, we've got a steep contour that tells me that I can get up with a bird's eye view. Now I want to look at the satellite image. I want to see exactly, Oh shoot, that, that ridge is all timber. There's no way I can see off there or Nope, that point, look, it's all timber, but you can see this rock, you know, this rock pile sticks up, you know, 40, 50, 100 feet above the, that timber. And maybe that's a great place to look. I want to get on those four season hunts. I want to look where with my binos where I can get up high and look and cover as much sagebrush and as much lower of the flatter country as, as I can see. So I'm going through my go hunt maps and I'm literally dropping pins on potential ridge lines, potential contour drops, potential points, anything where I think I can gain a little bit of elevation and use my optics, use my optical advantage to be able to look at as much country as possible. Okay. Mm -hmm. So within, within the unit, 
you know, I might have, let's say up here in this Northeast corner over here in the Southwest and right here in the middle. Okay. Here's, you know, six or eight spots that are public ground that are, you know, I have access to that I can get around. Then I start looking, okay, there's glassing points. Here's terrain features where, you know, you have a, a ridge line and, you know, there's a road and I can hike up and I can get up there fairly quickly and I can look at a bunch of country. But also in four season, I want to move around as much as possible. So if I can get up to two or three big vantage points within, say, a two-hour time frame where I can glass, say, three, two, three, four spots in two hours. In other words, spend 30 minutes, 40 minutes on one spot, real quickly be able to bounce over, hit another spot, look for 30, 40 minutes bounce over to another spot. So I'm basically trying to utilize that prime time of glassing of a couple of hours to look over as much country as possible. Now this changes a little bit if I'm doing a, you know, coos deer hunt in October, or if I'm doing a, you know, a, a mule deer hunt uh, early season where, you know, maybe I'm going to have to walk into an area and, and, and be up in a high alpine basin that takes a long time to get to. On those four season hunts, I think it's a matter of trying to cover as much country as you can until you find, okay, there's a big clump of does in this country. And if I spent, you know, four or five days up on this knob, there's enough does around that I'm eventually going to find one of these bucks four season with the late dates that's going to come running through here. So before I even get to the unit, I kind of have you know, these areas picked out and marked on my uh, go hunt maps. Then as, as the season gets closer, I'm talking to people, I'm making calls, I'm getting areas and I'm looking and going, oh, this, this guy's talking about this area that I already had a few, you know, glassing knobs picked out. It sounds like this is a pretty good area. So maybe I'll change the icons to a certain color. Maybe the blue icons will be my, you know, that'll be the go-to blue, you know, icons. And those are the ones that I think have the most promise. Then I'm going to be figuring out, okay, how quickly can I get there? Can I drive there? Can I get out and just start glassing? Do I have to hike? What's the easiest way to hike up to those points? Um, you know, which direction am I going to be looking? Can I focus on areas where in the morning I'm going to be up on a knob and utilizing the sun coming over, you know, out of the eastern sky and, and, and coming up right over my shoulder and lighting up those sagebrush, you know, flats and hillsides and try and be as efficient. I want to be an efficient glasser. So I want to utilize the time that I have glassing and use it wisely. I don't want to be stuck up on a point and looking at a little hundred, hundred yard by hundred yard spot. I want to be up on a big point where I can see for, you know, a couple miles one way and a couple miles another and, you know, have my 10 powers, my 15 powers, maybe even my big eyes um, and, and, and be able to cover all that, the close stuff, the far stuff, the stuff in between. Because for me, a four season deer tag is it's strictly numbers. You need to look at as many bucks as you possibly can and you need to keep moving. You don't need to be too, unless you've just found what you think is the honey hole, you need to keep moving, looking at bucks. Nope, nope, nope. It's just shopping. You're looking for the right buck. You're looking for you know, the right action. Maybe you're seeing all kinds of running action, but maybe the big buck isn't there. Well, you, you check it out, go pop over to another spot, glass there for 30 minutes. Maybe you pop, pop back there and check it, you know, nine, 10 o'clock, see if any bucks have moved in. 
during the rut, covering country, in my opinion, is very, very valuable and very important. Um, you never know where a big buck's going to be, and you basically have to just move until you find a big buck. Yeah, I man, so, oh, so many, so many valuable points in there. Um, I want to go back to the roads and the roads and access just yep. r- very briefly, because yep. I think there's something that's that's very useful on go hunt maps when you look at roads and trails, especially in Colorado. I, I haven't spent a ton of time in, in every state, but Colorado has them broke down by seasonal roads, um, year-long roads, whether or not you can have an ATV on those, what type of ATV you can have them, or if they're a dirt bike trail. And one thing that I did, fortunately, I got to go up into my unit and do a scouting trip but I didn't think I was going to get to do that. So I made a phone call to Fish and Game in Colorado. And I said, what's the seasonal dates on these roads? Like, when do you, when's the no joke? When do you close them? And I was able to get that information because just looking at Go Hunt Maps, it tells you clearly that there's a difference in when you can travel on those roads. So that, that information was huge to me to know that I could use just about any road I needed to up to December 1st. And, um, but without that phone call, my luck, I would have got up there and half of the roads would have been shut down, you know? So just knowing that there's differences was important to me. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing. And that's a huge feature that, you know, you outlined there that could be very valuable, but I think it's also a lesson of like, that's why you need to have multiple spots. You need to have a plan A through G. Like you need to have, you know, six, eight, 10 different scenarios and spots in case you roll up to the first spot and literally there's 15 trucks and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm, I need another spot. Um, that's where, you know, e-scouting can be super valuable because you've already gone uh, on your desktop. You can do it on your mobile too, but say on your uh, go hunt desktop at home or you've just gone in. And you may never even hunt that area, but you've kind of dissected it. You've kind of outlined where's the water, where's the state, where's the, uh, the private land, uh, where are the glassing points. So like if you had to pull up there in the dark, that's, that's one thing I always feel like I can go in anywhere and I can go in the dark. I can go with the headlamp. I can just drive my vehicle, whatever it may be. Because of these maps, it's, you know, given me so much confidence to know that I'm hike. I'm driving for 30 minutes from base camp. I'm going to go up here. I'm going to park right here. I'm looking at the contour line. So I'm using the topo feature of, of the go hunt maps. And I'm going to go up this more gradual slope. And as I work my way up, I've, I've already, you know, created my trail on there for me to follow the, basically a breadcrumb, uh, using the, you know, the, um, the, uh, measured distance tool and making it a, a line, if you will to follow in the dark and i'm going to come out on this rock knob in the in the dark with a headlamp i'm going to pop up and be on this rock knob the sun's going to come up and i'm going to be right where i need to be um that gives me a lot of confidence and quite honestly i think it's kind of been a game changer for most people that hunt in the fact that there's they don't flounder around quite as much because they have this ability right there on their phone um, to have the confidence that they can literally walk in in the dark, drive in in the dark, whatever it may be, and and come out to a point that they've researched. Well, you've researched it, you've looked at it, it looks good on a topo, 
typo and you've looked at it on the aerial view and the aerial view shows that, yeah, it comes out to a precipice where there's, you know, a high point and, and, and a rock ledge or, a, you know, just a open spot that allows you to get up and have that, uh, you know, visual advantage. And, I, you know, that has given guys, in my opinion, so much confidence. I think hunters these days are, are that much better uh, than before when they didn't have that ability to just go to a spot, you know, how many times on those old forest service maps, do we just, <laughs> you know, kind of look and we're like, okay, but then you get there and there's nothing to scale, you know, you, it, what you thought was, you know, you know, a quarter mile, half mile walk turn into, you know, solid brush. And, and that's one thing that I do is I go from topo to aerial, you know, to the satellite image and use that satellite image. I'm like, this is the path that I chose and it's going up this ridge up to the point. And then I noticed it's solid timber, but maybe if I bounced over a quarter mile, there's, you know, like maybe a nice open, more open ridge that I can navigate. And so that's where you can take and where I take, um, you know, the tools that are given on the go hunt maps and be able to make a plan of how do I get up there the easiest, the safest, you know, what have you, or if you were to get a buck down, you know, you know that you can navigate your way out by never having been there, but you can look at the contour lines, be like, listen, I can go straight off here down towards the truck, but the lines are very, very close together. And that's going to be a steep, nasty mess, or I can kind of walk around and yeah, it's maybe three quarters of a mile longer, but I'm going to kind of ridge out on this op more open ridge and kind of that makes a horseshoe and works down to the same road. Then I hit the road and then I just have to walk to the truck. I mean, those are the things in my opinion that these mobile mapping devices um, and, and mobile mapping apps uh, like the Go Hunt Maps have done is it's allowed us to just be more confident navigating around. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy, I can, I can plot anything on the old, you know, one to 24,000 uh, uh, yeah. topo maps. And I mean, all you've got to do is give me the coordinates and I'll show up in your camp. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm old school guy. I could still do it today. Um, but, you know, I, I think these mapping apps have made it where lots of people can do the navigation we used to do um, with ease. Yeah. And now with the inclusion of 3D maps, it, it changes the, everything. The, the real 3, 3D that the yeah. GoHunt has is amazing. Like just yeah. being able to look at the terrain lines, the contour lines on a topographical map and say, oh, they're close together but it doesn't look that bad. And then you click on that 3D feature and you, <laughs> you yeah, tilt I mean, that you map see, and you see three fields and solid rock. And you're like, yeah, yeah that's not, and, you know, I'm notorious for, for, you know, being at home and planning out this whole route and realizing when I get there. So I've learned over time, like the, you know, don't go inside these contour lines when you're trying to hike up or down something, this is what you're looking for. And, you know, stay within these types of, of distances where, you know, you're not just hand over fist, uh, you know, hiking and, and, and you'll pick up on that over time. But you mentioned 3D. I mean, for me, 3D's, you know, it's a game changer because not only can you e-scout and, and plot out like those points I was telling you to, you know, go find, but then click it to 3D and literally put yourself sitting on that point and then pan you know, 360 
and you can literally see what's your view. I was planning on putting tonight a, a post up that's going to be similar to this, but where you can be, you put yourself on that point and then pan the map left, right, all the way around 360. And you're like, okay, this is what it's going to look like uh, from this point. You can even screenshot, you know, that and you know have it in the notes feature of of the of the go hunt of that waypoint so that you're like you know you get up there and it's a solid fog bank and it's raining you can be like what did this point look like again and you just pull it up and you're like okay there this i need to sit here until this clears because this is going to be an incredible spot so you know you you talk about two-dimensional maps and 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 you know using topo and and using satellite and using the hybrid feature but then you throw in real 3d you know we're talking uh you know you're not limited to this 30 degree tilt i mean we're talking real 3d it's a game changer absolute game changer i totally agree i catch myself spending way way too much time really digging in and looking at that like getting into that 3d feature and just tilting around and looking and thinking i can you know that's i can absolutely get to that spot right there now the one up above that maybe not because it's really steep and i need to find a different way around but i i do it all the time yeah Um, and you, you start talking about the the um high resolution you know offline maps you know you're offline and you've still got that super high resolution and you're like man you know that buck is bedded on that side of that timber well shoot you zoom in on your map and you're like oh he okay he's right i can see the tree that the buck is bedded by (laughs) yeah and amazing you know it's amazing it it takes you know, I, I was the one that used to pack, you know, the, the old topo maps in my backpack with me up on a knob and I'd be glass and I'd pull the topo out and I'm looking at it. You know, now it's a whole different thing with these high resolution maps. So it's, yeah, definitely. you know, one of the things too that is important is, and you're probably going to ask it, I, I would assume is you want to be looking where the deer are at. And that sounds like so elementary, but um, even on those four season hunts, it can get warm. Sometimes it's not cold. It's, there is not, there is not snow. Um, and to the deer, you know, it may only be 25 or 30 degrees, but to the deer, the sun is out and the sun is shining and they want shade. So one of the things that I focus on a lot and I try and help people understand is that most animals, when you're talking deer, elk, sheep, um, you know, they want to be in the shade in the afternoon. There very rarely does an does a four-legged animal like a deer, elk, or sheep be like, I just want to go lay out there in the sun. Number one, you're talking Colorado four season deer. They've been hunted now for several seasons. And the buck you're looking for has been hunted, you know, five, six, seven seasons, maybe eight seasons. And so they're not just gonna lay out in the wide open. Yes, they may be chasing does, and yes, some of the does sometimes will be more open than out in the open than bucks. But you know, you want to be glassing in the morning with the sun at your back, utilizing that great sunshine, lighting things up, and you want to be glassing very quickly. Don't be glassing slow. You want to be moving quickly, especially for mule deer, the size of a UPS truck out there compared to a coos deer. Yeah, right. And right. And, and they're gonna stick out. The no- number two is. You want to have a plan. And if you watch those animals long enough, you're going to realize that 
after it starts warming up, they usually will start heading over to patches of timber and trying to bed down. And a lot of times they'll use the contour features themselves and, and get on those slopes that are kind of east facing, north facing, northeast facing, so that you know you want to make sure that your afternoon that you're looking kind of in the shade pocket. So when I pull up to a spot, I'm like, does this glassing point that I've outlined in my e-scouting allow me in the afternoon to walk up to this spot and have, yes, I want to look at some open country, but can I kind of use my angle of attack to look into the shade pockets? Because most of those um, deer, most of those elk will be on the shady side of the hill. So when I get up to my glassing point, I am focusing on those shaded pockets. Where is the most predominant shade every afternoon? So those deer live out there 24-7. They don't get to go home and snuggle up next to mama. They're used to being on the shadiest slope all year long. They don't really change that. They still seek shade. If you're, for, if you're unfortunate and don't have much snow and the temperature's warm, the warmer the temperatures are, the more it's important that you pound those shade pockets. And that's where the maps can really help you out. And you look for, and I look for, afternoon glassing spots where you have, and that's where you use your 3D uh, tool um, to look at those spots and find out where is predominant afternoon shade. Like th throughout the course of a 365 day year, which slope has the most shade consistently? I'm convinced that you will, if you fo start focusing where the deer spend more of their time, you will end up seeing more deer just on the law of averages. Yeah, yeah it has to be. Um, okay, so that, that kind of touches on my morning versus midday versus evening glassing a, a little bit. Is there, any, is there anything that you would like to add as far yeah, as evening sure. or, or you want to keep going on that? Well, for sure. I mean, you, you need to look at the moon phase. Um, you know, if, if you're talking four season hunt and you've got a full moon, understand guys, no matter what season dates it is, if it's a full moon, the deer are going to be up and moving more at night. They're going to be moving, utilizing that full moon and they're going to be moving. So then they tend to bed down at, you know, four, five, six o'clock in the morning, and they lay there till nine, 10, 11 o'clock, depending on, you know, how hot it is. And then what happens? So at prime time, you get to your glassing point and it's a full moon and you get there before daylight, you get set up and you don't see anything and you're glassing around, you're looking all over, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, you don't see anything. You think there's no deer here. If you just stay right there at that point and continue glassing, all of a sudden, 8 30, 9, 10 o'clock, deer are going to start popping up all over and they're going to all of a sudden feed from 9, 10, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning till all through noon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. They're going to be up all midday. Then they're going to bed right back down. And then Joe Blow comes up to the same point. He's getting up there at three o'clock, sets up his binos. You've just been watching deer all, all midday. You're packing up. He's looking at you. Where are you going? Well, you know, because the deer are just all bedded back down. Yeah. So you've got to watch those moon cycles. Um, conversely, if you've got a new moon 
and it's dark at night, most animals, coos deer, mule deer, elk, uh, sheep, are going to stay down and bedded more. Not, all, not always, but they're going to stay bedded more over a longer period of time, which is going to make them be more active at prime time. Prime time at morning is, you know, sun up to, you know, depending on where you are, what state, time of year, you know, first three hours of, of light and the last three hours of light. So, um, you know, moon phase, in my opinion, plays a huge role. Temperature plays a huge role. So you kind of just need, number one, you need to know which sides of the hill to be looking at. Number two, you want to know when is the best time. When is the prime time because of the moon? When will the deer be up? When will the deer be down bedded? And if you can comprehend those two aspects, I know you're going to find more deer. What do you see on those in between? This is a, a real quick one for moon cycle. The in between, right? When you were at a quarter moon or something, or, or um... I, I think a lot of it depends on temperature. But just a general rule of thumb: the darker it is at night, the more the prime time, first three hours, last three hours, is going to be prime. Now I glass all day, so right, I, right. you know, I, I I'm constantly glassing because I'm trying to glass up bedded deer, and that's the thing. If you know the deer are going to be bedded because it's an, a new moon, it's a dark moon, and they're, they're active the first three hours and the last three hours. Well, what are they doing the you know, six hours during the middle of the day? They're laying down. Where are they laying down? They're laying down in the shade. So where are you glassing? I'm glassing in the shade. Why are you glassing a wide open sunny slope? That's not where they're at. Yeah. They may be on a wide open sunny slope, but they're going to find the patch of timber. So what do you do with your binoculars? You get your tripod out, get your binoculars, get your spotting scope, pierce your eyes into that timber. Then you turn around and get the aspect where you say to yourself, where's the shadiest spot right now on that hill? Start looking there. That's the first place I look. That, that's not true. I'll sit down. I'll just pan real fast the open stuff. Just make sure there's not a bruiser just sitting out there in the wide open. Yeah. Then I say, where would I be if I was a deer and I wanted to get in the shade? Where would I be if I was this elk that's been rutting for the last couple months? He's tired. It's a mid late season elk hunt. Where would I be? I'd be right in that timber. I've got access to food, water, shelter. I'd be right in that timber. Start glassing the dark timber, looking in there. And that's when you slow down. You really start looking. You're looking for bedded antler tips, looking for ear flicks, looking for tails, you know, looking for deer's back up in the timber bedded. Um, I, are you I looking? Think, are are you ever looking down in the bottom of the drainages and the? Sure, uh, okay. sure. I mean, yeah. is it shaded down there? Is there water down there? You know, um, uh, you know, you, you you want to maximize and and make your glassing as efficient as possible. You you ask the question, what if it's a quarter moon? If it's a quarter moon, then I kind of say, well. It's going to be a little bit of both. You're going to have some deer that are feeding at prime time. You're going to have some deer that, you know, might be late bloomer, late sleepers. And, you know, they're going to be up during midday. But if you can train yourself to pretty much, you know, after an hour or two of the sun coming up, just focus your brain on shade. Where is it shady? Where is it shady right now? And where if it's, oh, it's going to be a blazing hot week. So you're going into this four season hunt. They're saying on your on your uh radio you know it's coming on oh it, or, or for the area um you you know record heat you immediately know 
I've got about an hour in the morning and then they're going to start rolling over onto those shady slopes. So you, you're panning around in the open first light. You're looking all over, looking, just glassing very quickly. And then all of a sudden you are focusing on shade and like really bearing down and looking in the shade. Got it. Very common theme there. Look in the shade, right? Um, yep. There, okay, two couple more things, and, and I don't know how deep we'll get into these, but do you focus on uh, the Go Hunt Maps has a species distribution tab that you can contact or that you can look at, and you can kind of see summer ranges, winter ranges, migration routes, um, some of those more yeah. important stuff. Do you focus on those? Do you pay attention to the, where those deer might be? I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I focus on it exclusively, but I do click on it to see, you know, especially if it's in areas that I've never been and, and don't know, I think it would really help on like those early season hunts or really help on the late season hunt. So you either got, you know, the first season in color, you know, the first season, the early season hunts, you know, the high country, say the velvet hunts or the muzzleloader deer hunts or archery deer hunts or the late season force, you know, four season and tags late November, that's where I think those um, species distributions can really help because you start looking at, okay, I see here and it looks like, you know, third, fourth season, that time frame, more deer travel through this corridor. Then you start matching it up with the six or eight areas within the unit that you found and, and go, okay, well, historically, there should be a lot of deer here this time of year. So let's go look at that spot first in my scouting. And, you know, you get there and you're like, okay, I can see why the late, you know, the late season deer migrate through here. Um, conversely, if you're like, I've got an early season, you know, archery deer tag, high country, you know, you know, 10,000 foot and above. Um, you know, you can be like, this is, this is summer country. This is high country. They're still up in their summer season. Uh, and you know, that, that, that has a lot of value for sure. It's not something that I like, uh, use as, you know, guarantee, but it's definitely something that I look at as a reference. So when I start, when I'm at that 20,000 foot view, it is, I am the same way I reference it. And I kind of look at, are there any areas where all of these, the migration corridors and the winter range and the winter concentration areas, where do all those overlap? Because the likelihood of them using that area might be greater. And then I kind of get, you know, I, I turn those layers off and I start kind of looking on where they overlapped and digging in from there. And, um, I, so For sure. Yeah. So I've, I've used that the last few years and have been pretty happy with just, and it's a very quick little, very quick reference, you know, you look at it and say, okay, I need to focus on these five or six different areas. Yeah. And I mean, the elevation bands too, when you're looking at those contours, if you very quickly know that you've got an early season hunt, you know, that those deer, you know, you've got, you know, 13, 14,000 foot peaks in, in your unit and, and those big high country, you know, Alpine basins are, you know, 10,000 foot and above, you can click on 10,000 feet and it just kind of shows you a reference of where that those high country basins are. So it gives you a place to start. If you're looking for that sagebrush country and you say, Hey, you know, that, that, that sage country here in my unit, you know, is in that 5,000 foot range. And, you know, everyone tells me that the deer will, most of the deer by fourth season will be, you know, 6,000 feet and lower. 
it, it's real easy to then click on those um, elevation band, those contours and be like, okay, this matches up. I had this, you know, six or eight spots and look that it, it makes total sense. The migration uh, corridor uh, says they're here. And then I look at the elevation and it, you know, we've got stuff between 4,500 and 6,000 feet and boom, here they are. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Jay, I am certain that you and I could probably talk for the rest of the afternoon or the rest of the evening about all of this stuff, but I, I kind of want to leave I a little bit. <laughs> I want to leave a little bit. I'm kind of long-winded. <laughs> I want to leave a little bit for the listeners to have to go out and, and to look at your Instagram page and to look at those topo mapping tools that you provide uh, and kind of that way they get a visual of all of the things that we've been talking about. And I would also encourage listeners to, if you're not a Go Hunt Maps member, uh, or a go hunt member to become a go hunt member. And then you, as you listen to this podcast, you'll have to rewind obviously. Um, but go back through and listen again and play around with those features that we talked about, because there's some super helpful features that are, they're just right there at your click of a mouse or at the, at your fingertips on your mobile device. And it's all right there. Yeah. And one thing I'm, I wanted to add is um, on my Instagram page, when I'm doing these tutorials there every once in a while, it seems like every post I get uh, people coming on there and saying like, that's, you know, so elementary. I can't even believe you're covering that. And um, I, I just want to say this, I'm here to help everybody. And uh, if, if you get something and I'm going over saddles or I'm going over knobs or I'm going over things that, that you uh, you know, already know, then just keep scrolling. And, and, uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking to you. And I try and explain to those people that in, in everything you do in life, there's always people that have an entry point and there's people that are just learning. And, and I'm the first one to say that I, there's not a single dumb question. I will answer the same question a million times and I'll do it with a smile on my face because I know, that's what I'm here to do. I'm put on this earth to help people, um, put on this earth to, you know, make people uh, enjoy their experience better. And I've been trying to do that for many, many years with my podcast, with my content. Um, and so know that if you're listening, if you're a, a beginner, you know, a lot of people call a newbie, you are welcome on my page. Your questions are welcome. And you can ask me any question, whether it be privately or on my comments and I don't tolerate people that come on there and pick on people for what they might think is a quote unquote dumb question. There are no dumb questions when you're learning and, and, and trying to get a grasp on things. Uh, it's the only way to do, you might as well ask someone that's done it and uh, you know, bounce it off fellow hunters and, and trying to get a grasp on it. So I encourage everyone to check it out. I uh, appreciate uh, you, Chad, having me on, and and um, you know this is this is all fun stuff, and we've got a great fall season, 2022. Lots of moisture around the West, different states, um, looking really good, and uh, it's exciting times for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm really excited about this season. That's all I had this year was mule deer tag, so that's kind of been my focus, and everything I've been thinking about is is how to find a good deer. So, yeah, I mean, my my last bit of advice for you would be, you know, just make it a numbers game. You're just looking at as many deer and as many bucks as you can until the day that the season is over and they, and you can't hunt anymore. I mean, it's you could shoot a buck on the very last second of the last day yep. and you've got to go into it knowing that I've got to look at as many bucks as I possibly can. 
And, you know, if you want to shoot a great big one, you've got to lay off those, those middle tier bucks and those smaller bucks and, you know, go for broke because those four season tags don't come around very often. And uh, in the state of Colorado, any unit in the whole state at any given time, a monster could just come out of the, out of the woodwork. So yeah. um, tear it up. And I appreciate you um, thinking of me and having me on your podcast. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it.